We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. Hi, my name is Chris Wilson, and you're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life with today's expert. Hello there and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Strong by Design podcast. This is yours truly, Coach Chris Wilson, and I am uh, very happy to be sitting next to Mr. Mike Thornhill, who is a pastor, one of the pastors at Feather Sound Church here in Clearwater, Florida. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, terrific to have you. And, you know, Mike Westerdahl here uh, at Critical Bench has been going to Feather Sound for a long time. He was married in that church. Yes. Um, and he has a lot of history there. And there's a lot of excitement, I know, on his end about a year and a half ago when, when Pastor Art came in. And I'm, I'm just finding out that you were, were part of that influx of, of new, new life in I the was. church. Yes, yeah. I was. Yeah. So that's been, uh, I'm sure pretty awesome experience growing this congregation and, and seeing a huge, uh, just a huge increase in attendance and stuff. Right. It has, it has been, uh, an honor and a privilege to, to be a part of, uh, what God's doing at Feather Sound Church and to see the people that are growing, the relationships that are being established and built. Uh, it truly is just awesome to be part of it. Yeah. And and you're somebody that's gone through quite a bit and seen the power of God in his life, what your life was like prior to your relationship with God, what it's like today. And it's it's been quite a roller coaster ride. It has. Yeah. Indeed, it has. Yeah. So I wanted you, I mean, this is really kind of a, just a, a real powerful, amazing testimony to uh, what what Jesus, what God can do in someone's life and work in just absolute magic uh, for them. So I, I'd love for you just to take us all the way back to where you were as as a young boy and just bring us to kind of where you are today. Awesome. Will do. Thank you, everybody, for for tuning in. It's an honor and privilege to share my story with you guys. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to share with you today. And and my story really starts back when I was a young boy. You know, I had this awesome family life at a young age. You know, I have a brother and my mom and dad. And, uh, you know, we lived in a, a, a great neighborhood and had a nice house. And, uh, you know, I saw uh, my parents begin to fight. And one day I can remember very clearly my mom in the middle of a rainstorm throwing my dad's stuff outside. I was about 12 years old and, you know, I didn't understand what was going on and I was just hurt. I left the house and I went over to a friend's house uh, and I come home and my mom tells me that my dad has left and my parents went through a divorce. Uh, my dad ended up leaving for another woman and, and another uh, family that had kids. So in my mind, I see, uh, you know, my dad, you know, somebody I looked up to, you know, who was uh, my best friend and, and, and uh, you know, I saw him leave and, and didn't know what to do. And my whole perspective on love changed. My whole perspective on family changed. Uh, and here I am, this young boy watching at the same time, my mom uh, go through depression 
and, and pain and emotional heartache. Uh, and I had no idea how to handle that type of situation. I watched my brother, uh, who's three years older than me, develop anxiety. And he had, you know, been put in a position, you know, uh, as, a, as a young man to try to lead our family. And but him at the same time didn't know how to handle that type of pain either. So we were both really in this place of just being lost with no direction. And at that age, and at any age, really, you know, you're looking for love, you're looking for acceptance. You know, we want to fit in naturally. Our desire is to fit in and be loved and accepted. Uh, So at a young age, I'm going out into the world with no uh, father to guide me, uh, to discipline me, especially that. 12, 13 range, my gosh, that's just, that's such a tough time for, for a young boy or young girl, because they're just coming into this, you know, adult, you know, kind of coming out of adolescence and coming into like, you know, their bodies are changing, they're, they're maturing in all these different ways. And then you've lost like your, your role model. Yeah. It, it was, it was very difficult because I'm a sports guy, grew up playing sports and, I can remember going to the ball field and watching the other kids, dads be out there, Mm -hmm. rooting them on, throwing the ball with them. Uh, And I'd look around and my dad wouldn't be there. Uh, You know, so that, that, that pain that just began to build in my heart, uh, I just held in and I had no idea how to deal with that pain of, of my dad not being there. Hey, if you want the free five-minute glute workout sheets, then just text GLUTES to 345-345. That's GLUTES, G-L-U-T-E-S, to 345-345. And you'll get a text from me asking for get the free report sent to your email inbox. Let's dive in. So I started hanging around people that, you know, were, were not the best influence on my life. And I started seeing culture and I started looking at who was in my uh, eyes cool and, and that, that, that I wanted to surround myself with. And I saw that to, to make money, you know, that's what I need to do. You know, that's what brings girls. You know, I have to have the nicest shoes on and I have to have the name brand clothes uh, because if I don't have that, I'm not going to fit in and people won't like me. They won't accept me. I saw people that were um, using drugs and drinking alcohol uh, and that I thought that was the cool thing to do. So I started surrounding myself with those people. And at 13 years old, I, I began to start selling drugs. I began to start using drugs. I stopped going to school. The only time I really went to school was to, to sell drugs to other kids. I was so angry in my heart that I took it out on other people. You know, if somebody just looked at me wrong, you know, I'd start a fight with them. You know, everything that I did was just from a foundation of just anger and bitterness and, and not knowing how to deal with that, you know? You know, so as I got older, I started using more drugs and I started selling more drugs and uh, started making some really bad decisions in life, surrounding myself with people, you know, that were leading me in the wrong direction. You know, I started making a lot of money at a very young age selling drugs. 
And I can remember a time where I came home uh, at my house. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. And, and you know, those big starter jackets they used to have oh, with yeah. the NFL teams. Oh, and, yeah. Those are super yeah. popular. I had one of them. Right, right. <laughs> so I had a big Philadelphia Eagles starter jacket. I love Randall, oh, no, Randall Cunningham. I'm a, I'm man. a Giants fan. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> back, back then, Randall Cunningham was my guy. Yeah. Um, but I used to hide my drugs in, in, in that pocket of the starter jacket. And I came home and my mom, I went in that jacket and there was nothing there. So I was like, you know, I knew immediately it was my mom because nobody else has access to my stuff or knew where it was or anything like that. And my mom came in and said, you know, Mike, uh, you know, the, the sheriffs were just here, you know, and if I wouldn't have taken that out of there and thrown it away, they were coming, you know, to arrest you. And I see now that that was God's grace that that happened you know, at just one point in my life, but she ended up flushing it down the toilet and getting rid of it. Uh, but of course, it didn't stop me. You know, I just kept, uh, you know, the same behavior, the same direction of, of selling drugs and using drugs, um, you know, as I grew up in life. And, you know, as I got older, uh, right when I graduated high school, I didn't end up graduating high school, by the way, but I, I, I don't know how I missed more days than I attended. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but I did graduate high school yeah. and, you know, right out of high school, I had my first daughter, which is Michaela. She actually just started USF wow. uh, right now and she's doing really good. And, but I had my first daughter out of high school and then I had my uh, second daughter a few years later and, and got married at a very young age. And, you know, I, I, I was still using drugs though, and I was still making bad decisions, but at the same time, I was trying to, you know, uh, be a dad and, yeah. and be a husband. And, and there, there was, there was no greater joy at that point in my life than to be a father to those two amazing, beautiful girls of mine. And, and it was so special to come home and, and daddy, you know, they'd run up to me and that was my life. Uh, that was my joy. And, and during that time of my life, you know, things got, you know, hot for me selling drugs. So I had to take what I learned in an illegal drug business and transfer that over to doing something legal. You know, I wanted to try to change my life. I wanted to try to do better for my family and for myself. So I started doing things legally. And I took what I learned in marketing drugs and selling drugs and promoting my product. And I put that into business where I started uh, selling cell phones when cell phones started becoming hot. Uh, and I did really well. I ended up having five stores uh, selling cell phones. And I did, I did really well for myself. I started making a lot of money and I was successful in business. And then a guy came in that owns a real estate company. And he'd come in and I'd see him come in with really nice clothes and he'd drive up in his Ferrari and, you know, I'd sit down and talk to him and pick his brain about real estate and, and his life. And, you know, I just, I wanted to be him. Yeah. I wanted to be him. I wanted his money. I wanted his cars. I wanted his life. You know, I thought that was success. Yeah. I thought that was success. So he'd come in and to buy his staff phones. So he'd, he'd occasionally come in to buy phones for people that worked for him. And then one day, you know, we, we, we established a relationship. We built a relationship and we got to know each other really well. And he said, Mike, you know, why don't you sell all your cell phone business, sell everything and come work for me. You know, I love the way that you do business. I love the way that you do things. And, and I'd love for you to come work for me. You know, so here I am thinking to myself, you know, I got a pretty good thing going right now, you know, uh, to just stop all that. But then there's this opportunity, you know, to go work for this guy that I wanted to be like. 
So I did. I ended up selling my stores and and I just went and I started working for him and I was like a sponge. I just learned how he did business and and I got to meet the people that he did business with and I got to build relationships with people that he had relationships with and I got to learn the real estate business and then I started uh, practicing real estate on my own. And I became really successful in the real estate business. I started buying and selling houses before that was like all over TV and right. became cool. And, you know, we started buying and selling houses. And there was a point where I think we had like 30 houses at one time that that we were doing, just flipping and buying, fixing them up, selling them. And by the time I was 25 years old, I made my first million dollars legitimately. Uh, so here I am, this young man, you know, thinking I have it all together. I have my family, my girls, you know, I'm married. I have a, a wonderful, beautiful house. I just bought a $1.1 million house and, you know, I'm buying custom pools with waterfalls and, you know, uh, cars and and vacations and all yeah. this stuff that I'm doing, you know, but I can remember this one specific time where I went to Hawaii And I was in Hawaii and I can remember laying in bed, looking up at the ceiling and thinking, is this it? Yeah. Is this all that life has to offer? I was still empty inside and I I knew that there was more, you know, I didn't, I couldn't figure it out at the time. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what I was missing, but in my eyes, I had everything, but the truth was I had nothing. Okay. And I, so life goes on and I continue, you know, to do real estate and and build my business. And then the real estate market crashes, the real estate market crashes and, and uh, uh, start losing money, but living the same lifestyle. And slowly, but surely I start to lose everything, the cars, the houses, you know, I come to find out that, that my, uh, that my ex-wife at the, my wife at the time was, uh, cheating and, and, and messing around with another guy, which is my best friend, you know, at the time. And, you know, I was, I didn't know how to handle that pain and I was hurt. So I started using more drugs to try to cover my pain. And then at the same time, I lost my best friend, uh, you know, to a, to a drug overdose all in the same period of time to where, you know, I was, a, I was a wreck over that and a complete mess on how to handle that and dealing with the pain of that, you know, and then just my business and, and then thinking to myself, you know, I failed. I failed in life. I failed as a father. I failed as a husband. You know, what are people going to think about me? You know, they're going to, they're going to see me as just a loser now that, that, you know, it's just like my dad always said, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to amount to nothing, you know, and these, these type of things, if you don't get a job right now and do this and, and all the things that, that he told me, you know, I, I come to this point of, man, I, I'm, I'm done and I have so much pain that I don't know what to do. So I just, I just become my own, my best customer yeah. in the drug business and I start, using drugs and I start using heavier drugs and I start using harder drugs. And then next thing I know, I have a, a, res- a separation and a, and a divorce order and, and, a, and a restraining order against my kids to where I can't even see them. And if I call them on the phone, then I'll get arrested. So, and it's a six month order. So in that, in that time of, uh, of, of this restraining order, I can't see my kids, which are my life. Uh, I'm going through so much pain. I'm losing everything. My world is crashing down on me. And the only thing that I know to do is to use more drugs to cover up the pain. So I start using more drugs. I start losing everything. And and before you know it, uh, I'm in full-blown addiction, 
separated from my daughters on the streets. I'm, I'm going from house to house, friend to friend to try to stay there. Uh, it got so bad to where I couldn't even borrow $20 from somebody uh, because they know I was just going to go get high with it. You know, if I came over to somebody's house, they'd basically say, you know, hide the hide the DVD player mics here, you know, because they would know I'd, I'd probably steal it if, if, if it was there, you know, because that's what I did. I would, I would steal whatever I could to get the next fix. I would rob whoever I needed to rob. I would lie. I would manipulate. I would cheat. I would hurt people, whatever I had to do. It was so bad. I was even at a point in my life where I contemplated robbing a bank. It was so bad. I was so deep in addiction. I was so broken. I was so hurt. Uh, and I needed to get high so bad that I, I literally even, I, I even counted the cost to where I knew I'd probably go to prison for a long time, but I didn't care. That's, that's how bad I was a slave to this addiction, you know? So I, I didn't end up doing it. You know, things happened that particular day where I ended up getting what I wanted and, and, you know, I didn't go through with it. Uh, but it just became this lifestyle of just running around day to day, this vicious cycle of, okay, waking up, who am I going to have to manipulate today? Yeah. How can I get money? Yeah. What, how can I get something to pawn? Be, you know, I couldn't hold a job because, you know, I'd go through getting dope sick and I, I, I was unreliable because I, I, I couldn't focus on working because all I was focused on is my next fix right. and nothing mattered to me. And, and, and I knew I wanted to stop. And my mom, you know, I could look at my mom in the face and, and say, mom, I, I really want to stop. You know, I'm never going to do this again. You know, can you just help me this one last time? And I promise this will be the last time I'll never do it again. And, and mean it with all my heart, mean it. And, and the next day I'm doing it again. Hmm. I was a slave to it. I couldn't stop the, the power uh, that the addiction had on me was, was so, so bad. Uh, and I just got deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, and there was a friend of mine that, you know, he, he had to do a little stint in jail and he had a, a house and his cat, he loved his cat so much. So he's like, Hey, can you come over and watch my cat? And I'll let you, you know, sleep on the couch and stay at my house. So in my mind, I'm like, Hey, I got a free place to stay for a week. It's better than being on the street, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I have a place to stay for a week. I'll take care of the cat. And, you know, I know that, you know, there's always, uh, you know, that he kept a, a pistol in his, uh, by his couch. And I can, I, I can remember very clearly taking the pistol out with nobody there and putting it to my head, putting it in my mouth, putting it back to my head and thinking, if I pull this trigger right now, nobody will know. Nobody knows where I'm at. I'm a failure as a father, a failure as a husband. I have no purpose. You know, my, my kids have a new dad and a new family. They don't need me anymore. Why am I even here? Why am I even here? I could actually picture, it's almost as if I had an out-of-body experience where I could picture myself shot, laying on that floor with blood all over and the ambulance coming and seeing it happen almost right before my eyes. You know, and, and again, the Lord had a different plan. You know, God says that he places eternity in the hearts of men. And the reason I didn't do it is because I, I in, in, my, in my heart, I knew there's something after that. You know, there was some, there was something that, because if I truly thought and believed that if I just shot myself, I would be gone and, and not have to deal with anything or there would be, there's nothing else. I would have just done it, you know? Um, but there, God had a different plan and I didn't end up following through with it. Um, but I did continue the behavior. I did continue in my addiction and things, like I said, got worse and worse, uh, all the way to the, 
to the point where, you know, I, I was, I was using drugs, uh, with IV drugs. You know, I was using very hard drugs and I overdosed multiple times, went in the hospital from an overdose, you know, and, and coming out and then having people that want to help me and put me in a faith-based program. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, first of all, I was like, what is a faith-based program? You know, I've never heard of a faith-based program. So you went growing up with your your before you were twelve. Yeah, you had really no exposure to church or Christianity or right. We like would that. go like to Christmas. You know, yeah, we yes. would go that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we would go to you know my my mom and dad would take me to Easter services and but there was no like real activity in the church or practicing Christianity gotcha. or or following Jesus or anything like that. It was just like, Hey, you know, Christmas, Easter type of thing, you know, that, that type of, of, um, I don't, I don't know. Limited exposure. Right, right, right. 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 Um, so, so where, so I'm at this point in my life where I've tried everything I've tried to stop, you know, I, 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 I just couldn't stop and I didn't know what to do. So I'm thinking, what is a faith-based program? And I can remember, you know, my friend asked me, do you have peace? And I thought to myself, no, I have absolutely no peace, yeah. you know, no peace whatsoever, no joy whatsoever. And you you're, know, you're and what, how old at this point? This, at this point, I'm 33. 33 years old. 33 years old. And no, and no connection to, you know, family, whether it's the family you, 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 that you had from growing up um, or your, your daughters or anything like that at this point at this point in my life my my mother is the one person that that stuck by my side uh, but even she was at a point where you know she wouldn't let me stay there and and, and she's just like you got to get help you got to go do something yeah. she was done um you know it brought her to a point of just complete brokenness mm-hmm. and no hope and despair and you know i put her in a really really tough place in life, but she never gave up on me. She never gave up on me. My brother, he wanted nothing to do with me because of the impact it had on my mom. You know, my dad leaving, we had no relationship. Uh, my kids were, you know, like I said, I, my, my mind, I'm thinking they're better off without me. Yeah, so yeah. I believe the lie that they're better off not being around me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there was a period of time where, you know, I would call and stuff like that, but our relationship was definitely hindered uh, because of this. And I didn't want him around that. I didn't want him to see me like that. I was ashamed. I had shame and guilt. I was covered in it. And, uh, you know, so they tell me faith-based program and I'm like, you know what? I'm at this place where, you know, I got nothing else. I'm I'm ready to go. I came to the end of myself and, you know, it was a hard thing to do because I was almost comfortable in my addiction, Mm. you know, and then I, then then there's this fear of the unknown. You know, I, I know that life, you know, even though I know it's horrible and I'm a complete mess. Also at the same time, the thought of like doing something that I don't know what it is and I have no control over, you know, I had a real fear in that. Uh, So I would try to uh, procrastinate and say, okay, well, let me just do this first. You know, let me take care of a few things before I go. I mean, I would try to procrastinate. But I ended up going, I ended up going into the faith-based program and I get in there and I go into a house and it's a little three bedroom house. There's probably 18 guys in this house, uh, all different ages, all different walks of life, but they're all there to get help. You know, and I can remember going to church, 
you know, more times in, in a week, you know, than I've been like my whole life. It's yeah. like these, 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 every day we're going to church, we're doing Bible studies, we're doing this stuff and, and worship services. I can remember looking over at the people and I could see them raising their hands and singing and smiling. And I can remember sitting there thinking to myself, why am I so different? What do these people have that I don't have? You know, why are they so happy? Why, why do I feel like so just an outcast, you know, and just so sad and so depressed and, and just covered in shame and guilt for the choices I've made, the people that I've hurt, the things that I've done, what I'm known for, uh, you know, my reputation, all these different things, you know, but through this program, I met Jesus, you know, and Jesus came into my life. He invaded my life, the love through his people, people that wanted to do things for me without expecting anything in return. I wasn't used to that, you know, because my whole life growing up, it's like, okay, I'll do something for you, but you have to do something for me. And that's all I ever knew growing Mm -hmm. up, you know? So when people started to want to do something for me without expecting anything in return, pretty, pretty amazing. You know, that was just like, well, hold on. What's the catch here? Yeah. You know, and there was no catch. It was just people just really wanting to love me and bless me and help me and want to see me do good and want to see me set free and, and just sharing the love of Christ. And, and through these people doing that, at the time, I didn't know that that was actually God showing me his love and his grace and his compassion for me through people. You see, that's what God does is he He shows his love and he shows his grace and he shows his compassion through people. Looking to win some free Critical Bench swag? Here's how. Subscribe to the Strong by Design podcast on iTunes and then visit us on Instagram at the Critical Bench to let us know you're a subscriber. Be sure to DM us to get your free gifts. So I felt God's love. I felt, you know, his compassion for me and his grace. And, you know, I uh, I would go and sit in teachings where the word of God would be taught. Uh, and I, I can remember a pastor saying, you know, uh, are you are you done? You know, come home. You know, come home as, as I heard the gospel and I, I heard, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, mm-hmm. you know, and then to get a clear understanding of, of who I am apart from God and understanding, you know, okay, they start looking at things like, you know, why is there so much drug addiction in our world? Why is there so much racism? Why is there so much hate and selfishness and brokenness? Why are marriages being destroyed? You know, why are all these things happening? And and through testimony and through the word of God and and, tr- and through the truth of, of God showing me the condition of man apart from him, that it all comes down that we're separated from a holy and perfect God because of our sin. And each human being, the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. And death in the Bible is simply separation from God here on earth and eternally. So we're separated from a holy and perfect loving God. And, and now I'm, I'm realizing this, that that's, I'm searching. I'm, I'm trying to fill this void in my heart with, and this, to be, I'm trying to bring healing to my heart and to my pain with 
temporary things. I'm trying to be satisfied and I am being satisfied, but it's temporary. There's no full satisfaction and wholeness in my life. And I'm learning through this, through this discipleship program and through the love of God's people and through the word of God, you know, that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus his one and only son to live this perfect sinless life. And he was beaten and he was rejected just like you're rejected. He was made fun of, he was tortured, you know, all these different things. And then, you know, the beautiful thing, Mike, is he went to the cross and he died on the cross for your sin and he shed his blood so you could be forgiven. And on the cross, he took your shame. He took your guilt. You know, and he was buried. He rose on the third day to prove he's the son of God and he is who he claims to be in the scriptures. And all you have to do is put your faith in him. Just believe in Jesus. And and God opened my eyes to the truth of the gospel that Jesus Christ came to save man from this condition, not just me personally, but mm-hmm. all people, you know, that, that he wants people brought into right relationship with him to give us peace, to give us joy, to give us purpose and to give us wholeness and satisfaction and to give us new desires. And I put my faith in Jesus and I gave my life to Jesus. I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. My life began to change. My desires began to change. You know, I went from this day-to-day vicious cycle of waking up and how can I get my drugs? Mm. Who am I going to have to manipulate to waking up and saying, I just want to learn more about Jesus. I just want to open the Bible and learn more about Jesus. And and that's what I did. And I started getting involved in Bible studies and I started going to church more. And and I had, I learned that I had a a responsibility of people and places and things. And I had to, I had to stop hanging around with people that were leading me in the wrong direction. And I had to stop going to places where I was, where I was a possibility. I would set myself up to make a bad choice. Right. You know, and, and stop doing things that I did that would lead me into that behavior. So I started getting involved with, uh, you know, Christians and like-minded people that wanted to do the right thing and that, that were, uh, you know, making good choices. And, and it was a family. I was brought into the family of God, you know, and realizing that, that, that I am loved and God does have a plan for my life. And, and I do have purpose and I, and I do have a calling specifically. I learned that, that he has a calling on my life. You know, so as I go and I I get plugged into a local church and, you know, I I sit down in front of the pastor and I say, hey, you know, I'm learning through the Bible that that I just want to that I'm supposed to be serving, you know, and and what what does that look like for me that that I'm supposed to serve? I just I just want to serve because that's what God is asking me to do through his word. And he said, well, Mike, how do you feel about taking out the garbage and cleaning all the toilets? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right, all right, God, I'll be a janitor. <laughs> and, 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 but, but the truth of the truth is in my heart, I was like, well, hold on a second. Do you know who I am? Like me, like clean toilets. Like I thought I was too good for that, you know, and God exposed my heart and he exposed the pride in my heart yeah. that he wanted to deal with, you know, and that's something that he wanted to deal with that, that even after I became a Christian and I love Jesus and, you know, I was following the Lord. I was still a very imperfect and still am today a very imperfect human being that that still falls short, that still can make a bad choice that, you know, but that's the beauty of the gospel is that was, that's what Jesus came and died for is, is when we do fall short and we do make bad decisions and we are selfish and, and we look out for our own interests and things like that. You know, that's, 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 that's what it's all about is understanding grace. And we're forgiven mm. for that, you yeah. know, past present and future sin doesn't doesn't mean that okay now i can do whatever i want 
right? It means that I truly understand that I'm forgiven. Now I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to love other people and serve other people. So God showed me my heart and I, I humbled myself and I began to serve as a janitor in the church for about two years. And it was my, probably my most intimate time with, with the Lord as I would sit and I'd hear the teaching on a Sunday service. And as I'm cleaning the bathrooms and as I'm taking the garbage out, I would reflect on the message that I just heard. And I would pray and I got to meet a lot of people doing that. People would come up to me and, you know, thank me for, for doing that. And I got to meet a lot of the people on staff, you know, at the church and, you know, built a lot of relationships through serving and being in community. Um, and then I got the opportunity uh, to come on staff as the supervisor of the safety ministry at the church. So I go on and I'm thinking to myself, okay, let me get this straight. You take a guy that if you let him in your house, he would rob you and steal anything value valuable. To now you want to give him the keys to the church right. to make sure everybody's safe. Only God can do something like that. You know, only God can do something like that. And I accepted the position, you know, and I got to meet a lot of amazing people uh, and build a lot more relationships and cultivate a lot of relationships and get to know a lot of different people better by being on staff at the church. And I went back to school. God led me to go back to school to get my bachelor's degree in Christian ministry, uh, you know, where, I, where I'm just actually finishing up now my last few classes to where I'll have that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be done with that. But it's, it's also just another cool thing that God did in my life to lead me, you know, back to school to get, to get my degree and finish school. You know, my, my daughters have been uh, back into my life. Our relationship's completely restored. Uh, I have an amazing relationship with my daughters today. Uh, I got married to an amazing godly woman that I met in the church and, and she's actually pregnant right now that we just found out we're going to be having a baby. Look at this. So um, you yeah. have, so you have a, like just about adult children. Right. right? One 18 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And now you're going to have a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're expecting a baby. Uh, she's uh, almost 12 weeks now. So we're super excited. We have a baby coming in April, you know, and then through that, going back to school and serving in the church and, and being raised up and, and uh, committing my life to God, you know, I, I found God calling me to be a pastor, uh, you know, just the people that he would bring into my life and have me minister to and the gifts that he'd given me and the calling that he placed on my life, you know, and now he, 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 uh, he made me a pastor, you know, and now I have amazing opportunity uh, to 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 be a part of uh, what God's doing in the church and to lead the church and to you know pastor people and work with people that that have different issues or problems and and the, the, I, I go from this one the the guy you know who is broken and and a complete mess and in need of help and then that's what God has me doing now is working with those same type of people where I was that are mm. broken and lost and need help and 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 to show them the way to to show them that there is hope that that you're where you're at right now is not forever you know, your, your past does not define you. The choices that you've made, things that you've done in your past, people that you've hurt, you know, God can use all that. He says, uh, Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things out for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So God took my mess and he turned it into a message, you know, to where I could bring other people hope and show other people that Jesus is the way he is the truth and he is life that no man comes to the father except through him that our our greatest need our 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 greatest desire is to 
It, it, our greatest need is salvation. It's forgiveness from God through uh, repenting and believing the gospel and coming into right relationship with God through faith in Jesus. You know, and that's that's my life now is to, you know, just love other people, to serve other people, um, to to uh, just to serve the church, you know, to be a part of what he's doing. And it's, it's just exciting. And that's just where I'm at right now. And that's, that's kind of just now it's just kind of a day to day thing. And, you know, we have a lot of amazing, uh, exciting things happening at the church and, and different ministries that I get to be a part of and different speaking engagements. And, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to go to Nepal on the other side of the world and the opportunity to go to Guatemala and Mexico and Canada, uh, different places throughout the country and, and speak and share my testimony. And wow, that's amazing. Uh, so it's been pretty cool. Hey, if you want the free five minute glute workout sheets, then just text glutes to three, four, five, three, four, five. That's glutes. G L U. T-E-S to 345-345 and you'll get a text for your email. Then you'll get the free report sent to your email inbox. Let's dive in. People need to hear this, this story, you know, because people, there's a lot of people in life that go through very similar struggles. You know, they have a very difficult childhood for one reason or another. And then they hang out with the bad people, you know, the bad crowd. And you, you're the average of the five people you hang around with most, right, in life. And then you can stay there for a while, you know, in that in that that area there. You, your, your life was very interesting, though, because you kind of came out of that to some degree, even though you're still making some bad choices, but you had a family and you, you're doing well for yourself and had a nice stretch there where it looked like maybe you would be able to beat that. Right. That, but, but, you know, you come to find out that, well, no, that, that success and that, that, that financial success, uh, once that went away, well, then it kind of pulled the plug on all these other areas of your life that you thought were going well. Right. And you kind of had to come back, you know, to go even, then you went even further down (laughs) Yeah. So you really, you know, kind of that was your your rock bottom there before you found found God and 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 found all these amazing people that helped to lift you up and 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 bring you to where you are today. Now you can administer to all these other people all over the world, really, with your message. Which is, uh, gosh, you've been to Nepal, Guatemala, right. And then you said Canada, uh, Canada, Mexico, Mexico, and parts of the country, different parts of, of, of the U.S. Wow, that's fantastic. And now you're, so you're one of the, so there's multiple pastors now as, as with most, a lot of churches in the area, they have more than one pastor, they have like right. a lead pastor and then yeah. other pastors that are part of the ministry. Yeah. So you're, uh, what's your focus at Feather Sound besides? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm one of the pastors, our lead pastors, Art Dykstra, yeah. you know, and there's, there's myself and there's another pastor, Michael Santino. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on staff, you know, so I have a lot of responsibilities in the office and oversee different ministries mm-hmm. that are taking place. And one of the works uh, that God's leading us to do right now is a U-Turn for Christ ministry. And this ministry is similar to what I went through, a faith-based program, a residential discipleship program to where guys come in, you know, and we bring them in and, and we give them a place to stay. And, you know, we we teach them how to have a relationship with God. You know, that's the that's the, the that's the uh, direction that we're heading right now that the Lord is calling me to. 
So we're excited about that and what's what's coming down the road. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff. There's, you know, pastoral counseling. You know, I deal with a lot of families that, you know, might be on the edge of a divorce. Yeah. And go through counseling or uh, Mike, you know, my son is struggling with this particular issue and, you know, to take the time to minister through that. You know, there's a lot of different things that that go on in the church and and that because, you know, it's it's a it's a place, you know, it's more than just Sunday morning. You That's know, right. it's, it's doing yeah. life with people. And part of being a pastor, you know, is just is just working with people, life on life stuff, dealing with issues, yeah. helping give direction, yeah. teaching, uh, you know, admonishing, correcting, you know, encouraging and all these different things. It's, yeah. you know, but there's that it's the responsibility That's you it. know, to lead, yeah. to be a leader in the church. Uh, and so it's really no specific, uh, you know, it's it's however the Lord leads uh, in that particular, you know, day or or a season that we're in at the church. Yeah, you know? that's so powerful. That's fantastic. And the big message and the big takeaway for anyone listening, whether you're a Christian or you're not, it, it really comes down to just serving and loving on other people. And how is how is how is that ever a bad thing? Ever. It's never a bad thing. To, to support each other, to show love for each other, to, to do something kind to someone without looking for something in return. These are, these are just great lessons. These are just good ways to live your life. And, you know, unfortunately in, in life, you know, religion or, or the church or Christianity can, can get a bad rap or, you know, from, from people maybe. And, you know, and, but really it just comes down to when your heart's in the right place and you're just trying to do good for others. And to try and spread, you know, your, your, your testimonial uh, around to others to show them like it, it doesn't have to be as like it is for you. It can get better. It will be better. Have faith. And uh, that, that's just, that's the bottom line, you know? And I think, I think I like what you said, you're the average of the top or the five people yeah. that you hang around. That's yeah. actually biblical. Um, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with mm. will impact our lives. You know, I, I, I see that in my past. I see it now currently. Um, and, and you're right. You know, one of the things that I've learned is it's, it's serving other people yeah. and loving other people, you know, like growing up, it's, it's, it's this, I had this idea of, you know, I'm going to step on whoever I have to step on to get to the top. And if I hurt somebody on the way, it is what it is, yeah. you know, no big deal. It's all about me. You know, it's building my kingdom for my glory. You know, that's what it was all about. Um, but once, you know, God, it's, 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 it's crazy that, you know, people in my past cannot believe who I am today. Oh, and I'm people sure. that meet me today cannot believe who I was in the past. Right. It's, it's such it's, a weird dynamic, isn't it? So, yeah. Such radical change it is you know and it's 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 but it's it's real change you know it's not like something i did in my own power my own strength and <laughs> right. said okay today i'm gonna start loving people and serving people right. like the attitude of my heart before was it's all about me and i'm gonna get what i want and do what i want and anybody gets in my way you know they're, they're gonna have to get out of the way you know and i did not care and now it's like truly like I genuinely want to serve other people. I genuinely want the best for other people. I genuinely mm. love other people and, and care about other people. You know, it's, it's, it's this heart change that I've had. And God says in his word that I will, I will give you a new heart. Yeah. And put a new spirit in you to where your my actual it, whole being has changed. You know, everything about me has changed. My desires have changed. My perspective on the world has changed. My outlook on people uh, has changed. You know, my love for people has changed. Um, and it's it's awesome to see that that's where I find fulfillment 
is serving other people. You know, it's because Jesus says, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And to follow that example of the attitude of, okay, I'm not here for people to serve me and do what I want, but I actually am going to flip that and serve them and do whatever I can to bless them and make their life better. And if that means putting aside my agenda, if that Mm -hmm. means sacrifice, you know, whatever that looks like, if that means dying to myself so that somebody else could be blessed and have a better life and find hope and purpose, that means putting aside or giving some more of my time, uh, going out and serving the community or being involved in some type of outreach or whatever that looks like in the the context and in a person's life. But you know, my encouragement would be to just get involved, you know, get active and and loving the community and serving the community, you know, because there really is, there really is fulfillment in that yeah, and blessing. There's, there's no, no better feeling than being part of something that, right. that lifts others up and make, makes them better. For sure. Makes their life better. Yes. Uh, powerful. Thank you so much for taking your time to, to come today to, to share that that testimony with us. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening will benefit from that. And it's just been a real privilege for me to sit here with you today. So thank you so much. And thank you all listeners for sharing with the, you know this or getting to hear this great message uh, that's been shared today. And, and we'll continue to share powerful stories like this on the Strong by Design podcast. So thanks again, Mike. And thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening and stay strong by design.